What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Tuesday, June 9th. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Dylan Marin, filling in for Akilah Hughes. And this is What a Day, asking for your support in our effort to stop the help from trending on Netflix. Yes, we love Viola. We love Octavia. They're all wonderful in it. But this is perhaps not the movie that America needs right now. Yeah, I am worried about the uh, possibility of a Green Book resurgence here as a result of this. (laughs) Oh, it's coming. On today's show, we'll talk about how to approach potentially difficult or tense conversations about gestures at all of this with Dylan. Uh, Very excited about that. And then some headlines. But first, uh, the latest. So we saw more political responses yesterday to the ongoing protests against police brutality. Let's begin with the bill congressional Democrats introduced yesterday. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the contents of this on yesterday's show. But now that we have this bill, we can kind of go through a little bit more of the detail of what is actually in it. It is officially called the Justice in Policing Act. Uh, Two of the kind of big stipulations in it would be banning chokeholds and no-knock warrants, which were used in the police killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, respectively. It would change the federal criminal code to make it easier to prosecute officers. Instead of having to prove that an officer, quote, willfully violated someone's constitutional rights under this bill, the standard would be if actions were done with, quote, reckless disregard for the person's rights. So that's kind of supposed to make the prosecutions easier in these cases. For the first time in history, it would make lynching a federal hate crime, which is amazing that that has taken so long. It would create a federal registry for misconduct complaints and disciplinary actions against officers and limit the transfer of military-grade equipment to police departments, among other things. So many of these things are reforms that activists have been calling for for many decades, but the bill does not address reducing police budgets, which is a major and growing demand from activists as well, and a push that's been successful in a number of cities so far. Right. Okay. So um, and where do things go from here with the bill? That's a great question. So currently, it has more than 200 Democratic co-sponsors in the House and Senate, uh, so That means we can assume it's going to pass in the House, but it's going to meet some resistance from Republicans in the Senate who, through all of this, haven't exactly clarified what it is that they want to see done here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then as for Trump, on Monday, White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany didn't say whether the president liked this bill overall, but she did kind of strangely point out one particular thing that he did not like, which is the provision that targets what's known as qualified immunity that shields police officers from civil lawsuits. And overall, we know that Trump and his administration have continued to promote so-called law and order. Um, And while they say they condemn the killing of Floyd, they deny that there is a systemic issue at play, which is contrary to what the evidence says and what we all know and can see with our eyes. But to your question, uh, and my long-winded way of answering it for now (laughs) with this bill, uh, the next step is going to be hearings. Um, They're set to begin on Wednesday, and Floyd's brother is actually expected to testify. 
Now, I just want to shift back to what we're seeing at the local level. There are a few things in the works in New York State. So Gideon, can you take us through some of the bills that the state legislature is working on? It's all moving very fast right now. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a large uh, package of bills that they're looking at. One is a bill that also bans chokeholds, which has particular tragic resonance in New York, given the police killing of Eric Garner in 2014. Uh, and at that time, chokeholds were against New York Police Department policy. But this law is intended to go further by making it a felony and making that the case uh, statewide, not just in New York City. So the legislature passed this measure yesterday, and Governor Cuomo has said that he's going to sign it into law. But there's still some skepticism that this would actually change behavior of officers, though. And then two, they're also expected to pass a bill that would repeal a 1970s era law known as 50A, which prohibits the release of personnel records for police officers without permission from the officer or a judge. Now, those officers are not likely to say, here are all of my personnel records for <laughs> your perusal. Right. Uh and 50A was also an issue in that Garner case because the officer who killed him, Daniel Pantaleo, had tons of misconduct complaints that were kept secret for quite some time. And as in other states across the country, the power of police unions and politicians' deference to them and reliance on their campaign donations in some cases has prevented bills like this from being passed. And so I think there was uh, one more thing that had less to do with like the police themselves and more to do with phone calls to the police. Can you explain that one? That's right. Yeah. And it's also pertaining to uh, another recent news story. So that last bill that's being considered would give people a, quote, private right of action. If they believe that someone called the police on them because of their race, gender or nationality. So this comes after another high profile racist incident last month in which, as we all know, a white woman in Central Park called the police and falsely, not to mention dangerously, said that Christian Cooper, a black man who was birding there, was threatening her. So we're going to continue to track how this is all progressing around the country, but that is the latest we have for you for now. All right, so as we've been talking about, there are conversations uh, drawing attention to police violence and systemic racism, as well as policy debates about how to make changes therein. All of those have accelerated massively in the past few weeks. On a macro scale, the broad national conversation is difficult at times. There is, of course, the right versus left. And then also, as you zoom in, there are differences of opinion about the best way to push for change on the left. Does it require defunding, abolition, reform, or some combination? There also might be some lack of understanding on what all of those terms mean in practice. And while all of that is taking place, there are also some really challenging conversations happening at a micro and personal level between family, friends, and acquaintances. So Dylan, some easy topics to <laughs> tackle here, but this yeah, is what easy. we want to talk about today. Great. Let's do it. Okay. So you have a long-running podcast called Conversations with People Who Hate Me, in which, for those who don't know, you facilitate conversations between people who have fought online been vicious towards each other in some cases. So how are you thinking about these difficult and important conversations people are grappling with right now? Yeah, I mean, so this is hard. I think there are a lot of difficult conversations happening in text threads and in living rooms and uh, in the DMs right now all across America. And kind of just to briefly talk about social media a little, I think it can be Social media can be a really difficult space to get rules because sometimes mm -hmm. you get 
equally contradictory rules, right? In one sim single scroll, you could see someone saying you should do X, and then you scroll down one more, and it's like, absolutely don't ever do X. You should only <laughs> be doing Y. And it is so confusing. Um, so I, I think a lot of that confusion centers around, like, what is good allyship, right? Mm. Like, good allies should be doing this. Good allies should be doing this. Sometimes I've been seeing good allies should completely shut up and just be donating money. And then in the same scroll, I see that good allies should be the only ones speaking up. And we don't care about your donations. Donations do nothing, right? So this is a, a kind of difficult place to kind of get your cues. But... I think overall, the consensus is that the important thing to do is to be having these difficult conversations with the people that you can reach, right? right. And I think that's a, an important question that we're all asking ourselves is who can we reach in this time? Um, I think sometimes when you say let's have difficult conversations, critics of conversations, uh, the, the field of conversations automatically <laughs> think that you're having you know, heart-to-heart -heart fireside chats with the most egregious and hateful person. And that is, of course, not the case. It's about starting with where you're most comfortable. Um, and, you know, Gideon, I want to be clear about something. I very much do believe in conversation. Um, I've, in fact, spent the last three years of my life having difficult political conversations. But I also want to be clear that we are not going to simply talk our way out of this mess, you know, right. and be best our way out of this mess <laughs> because saying, you know, like, let's be kind to each other. Let's just talk. That is absolutely an incredible part of the puzzle, right? Um, it's not everything. I, I firmly believe that it's a start. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point that like, you shouldn't be thinking that one thing necessarily replaces another when you're looking at something as insanely complicated as uh, solving what we all know is wrong in the United yeah, States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for somebody who does want to jumpstart this and have this conversation with somebody they disagree with, what are some things to keep in mind going into the trenches there? Yeah. So I would say the the very first thing to do is to move the conversation offline. Twitter absolutely has its uses. There are some amazing, it's an amazing way to disseminate information very fast. Mm. Um, but is it the best place to have nuanced conversations? I don't think so. <laughs> um, so I have found that the the phone call is like this radical forgotten space for these conversations and go into it with the right expectations. You you cannot cover everything. You are going to want to cover everything. Right when you set in to these hard conversations, you are going to want to pick up on every single piece of uh, policy and society and culture that you disagree on with this person. I get that. I get that impulse. I call it like the everything storm. You want to keep that everything storm at bay by focusing on one specific thing to talk about. Um... Now, it's funny, a lot of times people assume or, or people automatically call conversations across the divide, they call it debate. And I think mm. that's because we have so few, so little language for what conversations uh, with people we disagree with can look like. Um, so just to be clear, I think debate certainly has its uses. Um, but I also think... Um, 
I I don't choose debate. Um, that's that's not my preferred method of communication because I think debate is gamified conversation. It mm. teaches us that there's a winner and loser at the end of a conversation. It's like very American <laughs> if you think yes. about it to think that we've turned it into that. But yeah, we think there's a winner and loser, and and some of these topics are just way too complicated to assign a winner and loser. And also, I would ask, what does a winner of a difficult conversation actually do? Um, does it actually change the person's mind? Mind, or um, does it just humiliate them and they just want to go find better talking points? So what I recommend doing instead is focusing on the person's why, right? Kind of um, digging into why they feel a certain way, uh, why they are – what were the circumstances that led to them, you know, believing what they believe? And that actually – proves to be a, an incredibly fertile ground for continuing the conversation. And to the point of this like notion of of winning and like gamifying stuff, you know, we are both folks of of the online <laughs> realm uh, as as it's been referred to uh, by no one up until this this moment. No, yeah, it's you. That's me. That's that's TM <laughs> trademarked. Um and a lot of that has to do like with this instinct to uh, shame and sort of get dunks off and it feels really good to do that. But I mean, do you think that in the framework of, of what you're talking about and thinking through there's there's a place for for doing that? You know, it's funny. I I certainly get why dunks are so thrilling to see online, especially when you are like morally opposed to the person you see see being dunked upon. It can feel so good. It can feel like a cleansing for yourself. But I think the bigger question we have to ask ourselves is does that lead to actual change? And which is ideally what I think people are after. Um and you know, this is a very boring answer, um, but I actually find that like the most certain path to change is radical empathy and bringing mm -hmm. radical empathy into these conversations is um, what I have found to be the most crucial tool to get these conversations off the ground. Um, and, you know. I think what I urge people to do, because I I've sp I speak certainly to, I facilitate conversations among like very like-minded people who have subtle disagreements that rip them apart. But I also, on my podcast, do speak to people who think very differently from me. And I will say that it can be really, really disorienting to be empathizing <laughs> with someone sure. you profoundly disagree with. And so, you know, in the course of making my podcast and thinking about the work, um, you know, I've, I've come up with a helpful mantra for myself, which is this idea that empathy is not endorsement. You know, just because you are empathizing uh, with someone who you really just don't see eye to eye on at all, whose whose worldview just like hurts you, um, it is, I think, important to realize that just because you're empathizing with them doesn't co-sign that. It just means that you're acknowledging their humanity. And again, that's important that's important to keep the conversation going. Well, Dylan, uh, thank you so much again for helping us think about this and, you know, giving us some tools to even try to like grapple with this. And for people that want to follow more of your work on it, uh, check out Dylan's podcast. It is conversations with people who hate me. He's also a, a person of online, like I said, so you can find him <laughs> online if you're so inclined.
Well, today is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific you get flowers you're getting flowers everyone's (laughs) getting flowers go to books.com and use promo code wad for 25 percent off that is b-o-u-q-s.com promo code wad books promo code wad what a day is brought to you by fast growing trees fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the u.s with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love Fast Growing Trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, Okay. This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash wad today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash wad. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. In COVID-19 news, two new studies have revealed how much shutdown orders curbed the spread of the infection. One found that these measures prevented 60 million infections in the U.S. and 285 million in China. The second study estimated that 3.1 million lives in European countries were saved by lockdowns as well. All that, and I also learned the exact number of movies I can stream on Criterion Collection before I become utterly intolerable. I have arrived there. And another update. Yesterday, in a very confusing statement, the World Health Organization said it is very rare for asymptomatic people to spread the virus. Health experts chimed in to clarify that there are many ways for COVID-19 to present, and whether you're asymptomatic, pre-symptomatic, or have mild symptoms, you can still spread it. So they continue to recommend wearing face masks when in public. And Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir announced he'll commit to providing health insurance for every black resident in the state, 
In his daily update yesterday, Bashir cited the glaring racial inequalities in the healthcare system that result in black people in Kentucky dying from coronavirus at twice the rate of white people. Referring to the racial disparity, he said, quote, it shouldn't have taken this pandemic or these demonstrations for us to commit to ending it, end quote. Details about the plan have not yet been released, but Bashir said he aims for everyone to be on Medicare or Medicaid if they don't have private insurance. Kentucky has seen over 11,000 cases of coronavirus over the course of the pandemic. Right on. CNN host Chris Cuomo is known for his famous brothers bit with New York Governor <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. Uh, but now, folks, he has got a new act. It okay. is accidentally showing his nude ass on his wife's Instagram live. <laughs> <laughs> Cuomo's wife, whose name is Christina Cuomo, or Girl Chris Cuomo for short around these parts, was streaming herself doing yoga in their Hamptons home. Boy Chris showed up in the background, facing away from camera, standing outside for some reason, and enjoying some unrated Cuomo primetime. The video was broadcast around May 27th, but taken down shortly after, presumably because someone noticed the ripe Italian peach that's featured midway through. The incident made headlines yesterday when fearless reporters at page six dug it up. They say they're still working to, quote, confirm it is the news anchor's distinguished derriere. <laughs> I love the idea that it's perhaps not, you know, and there was right. an intruder and, and they just found out. A random um, butt. Yeah, random butt. <laughs> well, the pizza parlor, <laughs> segue to... The Pizza Parlor slash Child Germ Emporium, Chuck E. Cheese, has experienced some predictable setbacks under COVID-19, and now they're reportedly in talks with lenders to raise money to avoid bankruptcy. This obviously comes just as I saved up just enough tickets to get a really big Nerf gun, and I am so angry that I can barely contain myself. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese has suspended their operations when the pandemic began, though many restaurants are still open for takeout in case, you know, Gideon, maybe your comfort food is arcade pizza. That's not bad. Their business, it, it is. Their business model depends on kids jamming sticky buttons and crowding together in a pit, <laughs> so the company's future will depend on whether that's something parents want in our new socially distanced world. We're all rooting for our favorite singing rat, Chuck E. Cheese, who... Gideon, I kid you not, I have to tell you this, his um, full legal name, and this is 100% true, is Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> look it up, please look it up. <laughs> I, I take your word for it, and I also love your word for it, and your passion <laughs> about it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And those are the headlines. Okay, before we go, a reminder to our listeners in Georgia, South Carolina, West Virginia, North Dakota, and Nevada, you all have local primary elections taking place today. Make sure you vote and do it safely. And for everyone else, if you haven't already, head over to votesaveamerica.com to get registered to vote or check your registration and voting dates in your area. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, give us your spare arcade tickets, and tell your friends to listen. <laughs> And if you are into reading and not just the official biography of Charles Entertainment Cheese, <laughs> like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. So check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Dylan Marin. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and enjoy, enjoy your, your arcade pizza. pizza. That was kind of it, right? Yeah. I love What a Day is a product of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. 
Sonia Tun is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our senior producer is Katie Long. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador.